0: And of course, we want to encourage you to come see us in person. We are located at 6110 Kingsport Highway in Johnson City, Tennessee. As always, we hope you enjoy today's message.
1: There was a a time, and it really wasn't that long ago, that I preached three services every Sunday morning. Often I would teach a class for new people, After that, this is when I was in Kentucky, go home for what felt like a very short break, and then we would have community groups that night. Now, we also, of course, had kids, and we were absolutely exhausted uh, by the end of the day. On Monday morning at 8 o'clock, very early college class, I taught a class um, at 8 a.m. every Monday morning. It was a hybrid course that I taught every Monday morning. And I ran on adrenaline the majority of the time until there was nothing left. This season of life was was by far the busiest season of my life. I was working 60 to 80 hours a week. And if any of you know anything about working in ministry, double each hour, triple each hour, quadruple each hour, it's a very, very different kind of work. I was also during this stage very disconnected and very isolated. Now, if you would have seen me, you would have thought Matt has a lot of friends. Matt has a wonderful family. And of course I did and do have a wonderful family, but I was really disconnected and isolated from almost everything. It was a, it was a pretty unhealthy period of my life. And here's the thing. No one ever pushed this on me. Right, no one ever said, if you want to be the best, if you want to be a good pastor, if you even want to be competent at your job, you need to do this. This is just kind of the way that I'm wired. This is in my DNA, uh, just to be a, a pretty unhealthy person for the most part. So I was just running and running and running all of the time. We are, as we've already been told this morning, in the final Sunday of the Advent season. This is a time we celebrate with great expectation as all four candles are lit, the birth of the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. And it's my prayer that your mind and your heart are centered on this, this time of year. We're also in the final part of this Advent series called Choose Joy. And in week one, if you were not here that Sunday, what I really talked about was the fact that I've had a lot of things going for me, wonderful family, good job, you know, just just a wonderful situation in life, no financial struggles, so fortunate compared to the majority of the people that are in this world, yet there was this absence of joy, and here I am a pastor, you know, a follower of Jesus. But I felt like there was always just this level of aggravation or this level of more needed to be done. And this is really at this time of year what led me to want to talk about these things. So for the last time, we're going to look at our four pathways to joy that we've been discussing. And we'll look at what we've went over each week. On week one, we talked about celebrating our lack of control. Celebrating our lack of control. Some of you in here are complete control freaks like myself. Others of you just struggle trying to control certain elements of your life. Maybe that's your money. Maybe that's your kids' future. Maybe that's everything that has to do with your job. Maybe that has to do with your relationships. I don't know exactly where it may be, but for some of us, we try to control everything. Releasing that and celebrating the fact that we really control nothing leads to joy. Week two, practicing gratitude. We talked about all of these different things that we could do in our lives, these practices that we could implement to show our gratitude in many different ways. We talked about in Paul's letters, he often opened his letters with gratitude. Last week, I was out of town. We were on our 10-year our uh, anniversary I was very grateful for that and the opportunity that we had and dad talked about spending time alone and what he was really getting to in this message is the importance of pulling away for that relationship with Jesus and cultivating the spirit in your life today we're talking about the opposite of that the opposite of this time alone which is very critical is cultivating life giving relationships people that are pouring into you as you are also pouring into them the kind of relationships that matter and this is really this spending time alone you can go overboard with that relationships you can go overboard with that the key is to find a balance within your life between these and i am convinced in order to experience the joy of the Spirit, these are four things that we must have. So we're going to go to Proverbs, if you have your Bible, Proverbs chapter 27, and we're going to look at verses 9 through 19. Proverbs chapter 27, 9 through 19. If you want to follow on the screen, your phone, you can do that. Proverbs 27, starting in verse 9, and we're going to look down to verse 19. This is what the passage tells us in this ancient book, of wisdom. Oil and incense make the heart glad, and the sweetness of friends comes from their advice. Don't desert your friend or a friend of your family. Don't go to your relative's house when disaster strikes. Better a neighbor nearby than a relative far away. Be wise, my child, and make my heart glad, so I can answer those who insult me. Prudent people see evil and hide. The simple-minded go right to it and get punished. Take the garment of the person who secures a loan for a stranger. Take his pledge for a foreigner. Greeting a neighbor with a loud voice earlier in the morning will be viewed as a curse, the constant dripping on a rainy day and a contentious woman are alike. Anyone who can control her can control the wind or pick up oil in his hand. As iron sharpens iron, so friends sharpen one another or sharpen each other's faces. Those who tend to a fig tree will eat its fruit and those who look after the master will be honored as water reflects the face so the water reflects one person to another i feel that it's very very important to remind you if you or if you're not familiar with this that we are by design relational creatures designed by a relational god we are hardwired for relationships. That's what you are in every capacity of your being. These kinds of relationships are seen consistently over and over and over again throughout Christian history, with the only exception possibly being the desert fathers and mothers in the second and third century that would get alone for a period of time to be with God, only then to go back into community. Now, I am a natural extrovert. If you know me, you know that. I can talk and talk and talk. I don't even know a lot of the time what I'm talking about. I start talking to people and they're talking. I have no frame of reference whatsoever in their career or what they enjoy doing. And I just try to keep up with the conversation. This is not a joke. When Beth and I first got married, she would ask me to talk about sociology so that she could fall asleep at night. True story. I can talk to anyone, but the truth is, And this may be surprising to some that I'm really not a very good people person. I prefer to be alone the majority of the time when I'm not with my family. In fact, Beth and Callie used to give me a hard time all the time and say, you don't have any friends, Matt. Because I was always hanging out by myself and we just had a very difficult time building relationships. So for you to sit around and like laugh With friends, I have to work at that. Like, I have to train myself to go into relationships without talking about work or without talking about goals or without talking about what's next. Like, it actually takes work for me to build the relationships that are very easy for many of you. See, some of you don't do well with time alone. For a lot of you, maybe it's codependency, maybe it's something that's healthy, maybe it's a level of anxiety that you feel you really struggle being alone. But for me, if I'm around a group of people and I'm aware that I don't get the social cues all the time, but we've been in places before and Beth knows this is true. And I've just kind of looked at her and I've said, I'm ready to go. And she said, well, what do you mean? Like we're, in the, we're, we're sitting here talking to people. Well, I think we need to go now. And like, it's just like something inside of me tells me that like I've given all of my energy to a group of people. I'm not saying it's not rude. I'm not saying that it's not an issue, but it's like it starts to affect me. Like I have had to really work on this. I struggle with intimacy. I struggle whenever I'm getting to know a close friend, and Beth would even say that in our relationship, that sometimes I'm like a robot with my emotions. It's not something that I'm, that I'm wonderful at, but it's something that I've made a point, and we'll look at what cultivate actually means, but I had to make a point to invest in in my life so today what i want to do is i want to take three benefits and show you three benefits that every single one of us have to have in our lives for joy and these benefits only come through cultivating life-giving relationships there is no other way because a lot of you are like me you could say you're surrounded by a lot of people there are people around you all the time but do you really have friends? Do you really have people that can speak into your life? And what are the qualities and the characteristics of these friends? And what does this look like? Some of you are great examples of this, and you could get up here and you could talk about this a lot easier than I could because you nail it every single day. So cultivating life-giving relationships Will bring joy. So, what are three things that we need? All right, what are three things that we need? We don't always want them, but we need them at all times. What is the first thing we need from life giving relationships? It's advice. The first thing that you have to have in your life is advice because you don't know everything. Some of you believe you do know everything, and that's part of your problem. And one of the biggest issues that we have, I am so sick and tired. Like like it used to be, okay, well, that's just not true. But now I'm getting to this point where I'm so tired of this, I'm a Christian, but I'm going to go it alone outside of the church approach. You will never find anything in the Bible that supports that. You are drawn to the body of Christ by God. And the majority of the time that we reject this and deny this is because we don't want other people speaking in to the sin in our lives. That's why we go it alone, because if we go it alone, well, we get to make up the rules. Well, if we go it alone, we don't have to talk to other people about things. Every single one of us needs someone speaking into our lives. There are times that we have friends, brothers and sisters, and we need to be able to speak godly wisdom into their lives. Verse 9 says this, oil and incense make the heart glad. And the sweetness of friends, where does the sweetness of friends actually come from? It comes from their advice. It comes from their willingness To have those hard conversations when you're not paying attention. Whenever they're able to see the outside of the absolute train wreck relationship that you're in and speak into your life. When they see that you are just inches from making a huge mistake and very, very poor decisions. You need these individuals speaking. Into your life. Let me share some of the greatest advice that I've ever received. And I could give you a a much longer list, but this is some of the greatest advice that I've ever received, and I've listened to it. This is the first one spend more time with your family. Matt, stop working yourself to death. Stop doing all these things. Your kids are going to be grown. And this is primarily when it was just myself, Beth, and Callie. Stop working so many hours and spend more time with your family. It took me a while before I was willing to listen to that. Stop, some of you need to hear this today. Stop whining and get over yourself. I have a friend on my accountability board. We'll just call him Frank. That is his name. He's an attorney in Kingsport and he will listen to this podcast. And I've come to him with struggles, with the kids, marriage stuff. Church stuff, and he will tell me, Get over yourself. Listen to what she's saying. Listen to what that person's saying. And I'm like, But Frank, I'm trying to have a pity party. No, you've been called by God. Get over yourself. And then he'll text me back and apologize. He'll say, I'm sorry if I was too harsh. Yeah, you think? But I needed to hear it in that moment. Some of you need to hear it every single day. If you'd like me to tell you, I will. You just have to give me that invitation, all right? How about this one? Matt, you're a busy guy, and every time you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. Be careful about your yeses and what you're saying yes to, because in many situations, um, you're going to you're gonna lose it. I, I just thought about my obsessive compulsiveness and how many times Mark back there has told me, Matt, just just lay back, just lay back, just relax. Good advice. How about this one? When your baby sleeps, Scott Walker told me this, when your baby sleeps, you sleep. All right, doesn't matter if it's 4 p.m., it doesn't matter if it's 6 or 7, it doesn't matter if you're going to be up all night because there's a good chance they're going to be up all night. When your baby goes to sleep, you just get in the dark and you go to sleep very good advice, and some of you know that as parents. Dad told me this a few years ago. Let your ministry be an overflow of what God is doing in your life. Let what God is doing in your life pour out to the people that you are serving. Someone else told me this, and this is also related to family. Minister to your family before you minister to your church. Some of the best advice that I ever received. But the best advice that I ever received, and some of you in here with no hair will appreciate this, don't forget to apply sunscreen. That is some of the best advice that I've ever received. And some of you know what it feels like up here. Surprised I didn't get a few amens on that one. That's right, I hear some of you. Yeah, so best advice that I've ever had. Now, I see a therapist once a month. And this is not because at this stage of my life, maybe tomorrow. But at this stage of my life, I don't have a mental health crisis going on. But when I talk to people on a regular basis about very confidential information that I can't share, I need to go to someone else who is bound by confidentiality and I need a sounding board. When you're constantly taking on as a pastor, and not just people in this church, but other people that reach out to me um, suicide, divorce, sickness, addiction, struggle, and that's at least 50% of what you're hearing, you need someone that you can just cry out to on a regular basis. And one of the reasons that some pastors crack, one of the reasons that some pastors quit, one of the reasons that some pastors struggle with some form of moral failure is because that was never present. I also have an accountability board. There are three individuals, none of which live in this state, and this is the important part, none of these people are attached to this church. I have an accountability board of three individuals, and I speak with them at least once a month. And you know what I say? I'm struggling in my marriage. Guess what? That happens to pastors. I'm struggling in my relationship with one of my kids. I'm struggling about worry over this, that, or the other. And immediately, I have someone that's not only going to pray for me, but that is going to offer. Advice: Not long after I moved home, I was contacted by the worship pastor at Hunter First Baptist Church, David Whaley he said, "You want to go out and get coffee?" Yeah, I'd love to go out and get coffee. Let's catch up." All right? And that has turned into something that we do once a month, every month, and we just laugh, and we just enjoy ourselves, and you think, "Well, Matt, I've got a zillion friends that I do that with. I don't. That's not my thing. So for me to have to pour myself into this kind of relationship and make it happen regularly with no agenda, we don't have to talk about church, is a very, very positive thing. Proverbs 15, 12 says, fools see their own way as right. They see their own way as right. They're focused on what they believe at all times is right. But the wise, listen to advice. How much are you really paying attention to these relationships in your life? Are you cultivating these life-giving relationships in your life? The next thing that we need, and every single one of us need this, this is so important, and listen, everybody, here's the thing, everybody wants to give you advice, but not everybody wants to give you number two, and that's loyalty, Okay. Everybody wants to tell you, especially your parents, especially some of your friends that have certain kinds of motives. They want to give you advice. But what about loyalty? Do you have any idea, I'm sure you do because you've been hurt before, how hard loyalty is to come by? What's the old saying? You have a lot of acquaintances, a lot of people around you, but not necessarily a lot of friends. This is what the passage tells us in verse 10. Don't desert your friend or a friend of your family. Don't go to your relative's house when disaster strikes. Better a neighbor nearby than a relative far away. This is speaking to the importance of loyalty. And let me mention just for a second someone that is in this church. There's an individual that that was one of the first people to reach out to me that I started getting to know. He's the only other elder in our church, and that's Dickie Gilbert. And obviously, he's got the character, but the primary reason I chose him and we voted on him for this role was the loyalty that was there. And I'm not speaking uh, just about the loyalty to me as a person. I'm talking about the loyalty to what's best for this church. I'm talking about loyalty to the mission and the vision of this church. And please hear me, this matters. And it's very, very hard to come by. Some of you have spent a lot of time with people. You've drank with them. You've had a lot of things in common, therefore, so you you, you spent a lot of time with them. But when it really comes down to it, they are talking about you like a dog behind your back. And if they're talking about other people to you, you know that they are talking about you. And I've discovered that this is one of the greatest reasons that people are leaving the church. It's one of the greatest reasons that people are so finished with religion. This this hurt, this abandonment, this struggle that people have primarily has to deal with this lack of loyalty. Disloyalty happens when we gossip about our friends. Disloyalty happens when we fail to keep commitments. Some of you in here fail to keep commitments to people you say you care about. Disloyalty happens when we tell sensitive information. Okay, you're the only person I'm telling that she did this, so you can't tell anyone else. When you tell this sensitive information, loyalty within close relationships is absolutely crucial for joy. Matthew 15, 13 says, no one has greater love than to give up one's life for one's friends. That's what loyalty looks like. So what I want you to do is think for just a second about the relationships in your life. And of course, we all have good family members. And good family members would fall into the category of friends. But I want you to think about people outside of your nuclear and extended family for just a second. How much loyalty is really in your life? What I find is that the majority of people have acquaintances, but they don't necessarily have loyal friends. Now, this third one that we're going to talk about, we've talked about advice, we've talked about loyalty. This third one that we're going to talk about is probably the most difficult, and you hate it. And I hate it. It's accountability. We have to have accountability in our lives. This is one of my top three verses of all time. You guys hear me talk about this verse all the time, and I learned this verse um, as an alcoholic in recovery. And it's this verse right here, verse 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens a friend. This is why the church is needed, and you can't go on this Christian route on your own. This is why a body of believers speaking into your life the way that it's supposed to be done is completely necessary. It's like I was telling the guys in the office this morning, you know, I don't care if... if you know, this person's a Democrat and this person's a Republican. If this person likes this kind of music or this person likes this kind of music or this person enjoys, this person's really obsessive compulsive and this person's really spontaneous and laid back. None of that matters. That does not mean you don't have something in common. If you have Jesus in common, if you have the Holy Spirit in common, if you're both blood bought, you should have a friend and nothing else matters. Now, the first time that I experienced real accountability in my life, because accountability, I was a person that went to church. For a long time, I didn't go to church. But when I started going back to church, I kept a distance, as some of you in here right now do, from any real important role. Some of you keep a distance from community groups. Some of you keep a distance from serving too often. Some of you keep a distance from being here very often. And the primary motive for this is because if you're too involved and you're associated too much with this church, people are going to start knowing more about you and there is going to be some accountability that then follows that. And we hate accountability. So I go into this room in this church and I see these people and I think, I have absolutely nothing in common. I walk in in a suit and dress pants and a tie, and I think I have absolutely nothing in common with the people that are in this room. And then whenever they start talking about what they've been through, whenever they start talking about with drugs and alcohol, all the justifications that they used and the lies that they told and the ways that they tried to get away, get away from, with things, I was like, I have never been around more people like me in my life. And what starts to happen as these relationships start to build is I start getting calls not only of encouragement, but also of accountability. Where are you spending your time? What are you doing? Are you sober? Are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? And then at Destination Community Church, the church that we were at prior to this, when I started in a group, And I really started pouring it out. And by this point, recovery had taught me vulnerability. And I thought, and I went into ministry with this too, I'm not going to keep these silly little secrets. I'm just going to spill my guts about how ugly and dirty everything is. Because I think if I do that, I think other people will jump on board and start doing it too. And they did. And they started talking about all their junk and all their ugliness. And then all of a sudden we walk out with that, and the ones who never come back are the ones that don't want accountability, but the ones who do come back are the ones who want iron sharpening iron. So they're becoming more and more and more like Jesus. So as you call yourself a Christian, but you never go to church, and you sit at home watching sports or Netflix, and you pretty much try to stay away from everything, you have no sharpening whatsoever in your life. A few facts to share with you guys today about the critical nature of relationships. Over one in 10 individuals report feeling extreme loneliness through the holidays. Just over 10% of people talk about extreme loneliness. And there may be some of us in here that take our families for granted because we're surrounded by all these loving people, when there are others that are in this room right now or listening online that literally have no one in their lives or nowhere to go over the holidays. Nearly seven in 10 Americans are worried about their friends or family feeling lonely during this time of year. And younger people, this this very isolated, disconnected generation are reporting the highest Levels of loneliness. There are many reasons people report this, but 51% in 2021 reported that the loneliness was due to this pandemic that we've been going through. This is why I'm so motivated by the power of the body working together. Is it messy? Yes, yeah, messy a lot of the time. Do you have a good reason sometimes to walk away when someone hurts you or you think that's just those old boring backwoods religious people i can certainly understand that thinking i've been there just don't call yourself a follower of jesus because the club comes with it the hypocrites the dirtiness the messiness and everything you need comes with it. It's a package deal. Because you see, it's not hard to try to be good or to try to follow things when I isolate myself from everyone else. But when I put myself in the middle of the mess and I have to love people that I really, really have a hard time loving, that's where it really starts to get real. So notice that I titled this message today in this fourth step, cultivate life-giving relationships. Cultivate is a verb. It's a verb. And what this means is that it's going to require action on your part. It requires you working to make new relationships in your life. It doesn't work this way, that you just say, you know something, I've got some bad friends, I need some new friends. So you just walk in somewhere and say, come to me. I need friends. And everyone just kind of bends to you. It's a situation sometimes when we have to come out of our comfort zones and build these relationships. And I can tell you this, you don't have to do a lot of that in this church. People will come to you. People will desire to know you. But this is what we start to do. Well, I'm really not that much like her. There's a generational difference. There might be a political difference. What are we talking about? Advice, loyalty, accountability, people speaking into your life and you having permission to speak into their lives as well. This is what the body of Christ looks like. So just a few questions as we're closing, a few questions that if applied will be life-changing. Think about the relationships in your life. And I want you to think about this. What are some of the most common features of your closest relationships? Just think about that for just a second. What are some of the most common features of your closest relationships? Number two, what binds these relationships together? Commonality? Yeah, You're all, you're all UT fans? You're all, you know, whatever. You all work together? Is it chemistry? The fact that even though you may be different in some ways, you just click and you get along, you laugh at the same things? Is it years of knowing each other, which is often the case with really strong friendships that we have in our lives? And this is the most important question. And I really want you to think about it, this as you thought about these relationships. Are they bound together by a walk with Christ? I'm not saying you get rid of your old friends. I'm not saying that all of a sudden you're in this exclusive club and you don't talk to anybody else. But whenever I'm talking about life-giving relationships... I'm asking, is this a common characteristic of the people that you spend the majority of your time with? Otherwise, your accountability is going to be in a different direction. Your loyalty may be strong, but it's not going to be to the same thing. And I can promise you, your advice is going to be very, very different. There is a difference with advice. When you tell someone, well, get rid of him, dump him, go sleep with everybody you can. And get rid of this person because they're toxic and wait for God's best. Those are two very different pieces of advice. Are they bound together by a walk with Christ? One of the greatest recommendations that I can give you, and unfortunately, our community groups are not going on right now, but get connected with the men in this church. Get connected with the women in this church. Get connected with the other married couples in this church. Get connected with the other addicts in this church. Get connected with the other people that struggle with pornography in this church. As iron sharpens iron, one friend will always sharpen another. I was recently on the phone. With a man, and this is—I'm going to leave this vague enough to where it could be anyone, and no one knows this person. But I was recently on the phone with a man uh, that was struggling greatly. No, no association with this church. He was suicidal, and he told me that he had no friends. Part of the reason that that he that he felt the way that he did, he literally had no one in his life. He was struggling greatly with his job, uh, greatly with raising his kids. He had two small kids. There was a lot of stuff going on. And I immediately took a liking to this person. So we go out, we have lunch. He brings his, his two small kids with him. And I tell this person, I'm like, why don't you come to church with me? I mean, I don't know what your beliefs are. I don't know if, if it's something that you're really against. But I really think that if you're looking to build relationships and people that would really, really care about you for you with no expectations whatsoever, Why don't you consider coming out and joining us sometime? And his two kids that are there, Oh, Daddy, can we please go to church? We want to go to church. We'd love to go to church. This sounds wonderful. I'm talking about the kids' ministry and all these other things that are going on. I asked him for about a month because I don't really like to drive people crazy and push it, and he never came. And I recently talked to this individual on social media still struggling, still isolated, still in a very dark place. Cultivation is a process, and we would love to help with that. Some of you in here today, you are extremely lonely. There are others of you in here that you know people who are going to be spending uh, the holidays alone. And we've, we've tried to ask people uh, to spend the holidays with us as a family and they've turned us down, which is a good thing because they've got other places that they can go. But I'm asking you this morning and I'm challenging you, where are these relationships in your life? Or is there an absence of these critical relationships? I'm going to pray, and after that, we're going to continue to worship. If you need to come down to this altar in this Advent season and just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for sending your son to this world to eventually die on a cross for us. If you need to pray about the relationships in your life, if you're struggling with with deep, deep loneliness, I just want to invite you to come forward this morning if you feel led. Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you so much for what this season means. We ask God as, as we're here together, Father, in this warm building, uh, we recognize, Father, that just in the vicinity of this neighborhood, that there are people that are hurting in just absolutely um, impactful ways. Uh, God, uh, loneliness that, that a lot of us in here, have never known. Sometimes, Father, this is deep isolation from friends, from families, from co-workers. And other times, God, it's just being single. I mean, sometimes it's just really, really hard uh, to be single. Uh, we see like this, this perfect life of other people or the impression of this perfect life on social media. And God, we want those things for our lives. Father, I pray that you help us to depend on one another. Uh, Some of these relationships and very, very close friendships and others, some that may be a little bit more distant, but knowing that we can go to our brothers and sisters within the body. And if we cultivate this together the way that it's supposed to look, that we will receive joy. We pray these things and ask these things in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: We want to thank you again for listening to the Believer's Church podcast. Make sure you join us next week as we begin a new series. Also, we love a chance to connect with you. Make sure you visit believerschurchjc.com and enjoy the rest of your week.